What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Action Movie Anatomy. It's happy Wednesday to you and happy Wednesday to everyone watching. We've got a very, very special guest in studio to talk one of my favorite comic book movies of all time, the pioneer R-rated comic book movie, Deadpool. We'll see you in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. There we are. There we go. Hey, everybody. Can we, you love, can we, can we hear me? Can we talk to you? I love, I, we never tell anyone about the music because we always oh want their genuine reaction. I love this song. You know me better than I thought you did. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. And guys, we got a very special guest today. It is Steph Sabra in studio. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to be talking this movie. I know, I know. Me too. There's so much to cover today. It's so crazy. You were saying, I can't believe that you guys haven't covered this movie. I can't honestly believe we haven't covered this movie. Um, it's been three years since it came out, and Ben and I had talked about it. We've covered Deadpool 2, uh, but how appropriate to have you in studio since you love it. And Ben's a traitor, so he's not here. <laughs> he's, I don't even know where he is. He's off away. But um, yeah, so this is Action Movie Anatomy, guys, the movie that talks action movies on the Popcorn Talk Network, the network dedicated to talking movies and pop culture by the Bucketful. I'm Andrew Guy. We are joined by Steph, as I just said. Steph, you have seen this movie. How many times have you said, would you say you've seen this movie? Ooh, probably four times. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you're well-versed. Yes. All right. I love this movie. And, yeah. And we'll get to it. I just didn't think I would love this movie. Really? And so I think it really, I kept, I, it's the movie I show to everyone who's not really into comic book movies, because mm. this is what they would be into. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I was, I definitely felt a little pushback on this and Guardians and, and, um... Logan I was more excited for, but there's just so many movies that were coming out and so many comic book entities that I didn't really know a lot about. I felt the same way, so I'm excited to talk about this. Guys, before we get into the business of the show, we got a couple things to talk about. We got some new patrons that we need to shout out. We've got Juan Reyes and Jobless Samurai. Thank you guys so much, and as always, we salute you. It's okay. There we go. Boom. Got it? There's a lot of stuff I'm going to be throwing at you today. Samurai is a great name. I know. I know. I I really love that name. And he's been (laughs) in the chat a lot. So really excited to see him join the Patreon. Guys, it's patreon.com slash team action. If you want to support us. Steph, do you have a Patreon? No. No? I don't. That's okay. But thanks for asking. Yeah, you know, we want to plug whatever (laughs) we can plug here. Um, So this is Action Movie Anatomy. The movies on the show adhere to four basic rules usually. But, you know, we, we stretch the rules sometimes. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. What do you think? absolutely like you couldn't have a hero not even classifying himself as a hero play by his own rules more than him yeah yeah even down to when he's not even a superhero yet and he's like you know no no one leaves his place with a sense of humor he's like we'll we'll see about that i mean no one could have except for him i like even watching that knowing it's comic movie knowing how it ends that shit is... Oh, and by the way, I loved... Steph was like, I get really excited about this movie, so can we cuss? You're fucking right, you can cuss. You can say whatever you want on this Fuck show. yes. <laughs> I'm Because sorry. I can't keep it in about this movie. Yeah, and I hate him. Ed Scarron does such a oh. great job. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, creatures, dinosaurs, what have you, in the room. I definitely think Deadpool is... What do you think about Ajax? he's really creepy and the fact that he's smart too makes him even more of a threat so I I had one of those moments where I'm like is this going to be the person he gets this film because it doesn't seem I didn't know if it was going to be possible yeah and I honestly I love his like super ability is that he doesn't feel pain and then it makes him not feel anything because there's something about a villain that he might not know everything but he's not scared of anything that I love I love that about him it really Really freaked me out. I'm like, no empathy. Yeah. We're screwed. <laughs> and uh, did you see uh, Alita Battle Angel? No. no. So he actually does a really great job in that movie as well as kind of like a bad guy. I would love to see more of Ed in the world um, out there. I think he's, I think he can only really play a villain, but I think he's a great villain. It's surprising though because I hadn't seen him. I knew he had like one other kind of not 
highly praised project before this mm-hmm. movie. And when I first saw him, I'm like, he's such a pretty boy. I don't think he's going to sell me on this. Right. But then the moment he started talking, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, You're he's evil. just evil <laughs> yeah. through and through. And he's so great in this and in Alita. So I, I love him. I hope I see more of him. Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure. It could be a mercenary as well. I mean, he's called the Merc with a Mouth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, that's a good point. Because he was a mercenary before, and then he becomes a superhero. Yeah. All right, we're a little loose. Yeah, on. well, that one's a little hippy, <laughs> but we're going with it. A little loose on rule number three. And rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. It's a comic book movie. There's always explosions in these. So, uh, guys, if you want to follow along with me, you can find me at Andrew Guy. Where can the people find you, Steph? At Steph Sabra. And if you guys want to follow along with the show, you can go to at Team Action Show on Twitter. There's a bunch of other shout-outs, but honestly, I just kind of want to get into the show. So today, we will be talking our AMA question, as we always do. We have an Instagram contest we do once a week, and uh, the winner of that gets to ask a question live. So we'll be answering his question. We've also got our top three effed-up romances in film. Not to say that this romance is that effed up, because it's incredibly endearing, and I love it. But it's pretty non-traditional, so it's going to be a fun little thing for us Perfect to sound word. off on. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, we're going to do the Action Guys Summarize, which Steph has no idea what that is, which I'm excited to drop in her lap. It's uh, courtesy of Jeff Graham and J-Lo. We got J-Lo in the booth. Can, you, can we hear you today, J-Lo, or no? Can you guys hear me? Yes. I, mean, I can hear you. I don't know if the audience can, but we'll just pretend that okay. they can. <laughs> um, so first things first is we're going to do the Action Guys Summarize because we used to watch the trailer. That's a, a huge part of mine and Ben's friendship was, hey, really quickly, we got a, the Prince That Wasn't Promised did a, um, a YouTube, pre- what is that called? The YouTube Prime, YouTube oh. Plus, YouTube something. Mm. What is it called? I, what is that called? I'm so old. <laughs> I should know because on the Tomorrow Show, we always use it. Yeah. People always use it in the chat. Anyway, the Prince that wasn't promised, thank you so much for donating. The, any donation that happens in the YouTube here goes directly to the studios, to Popcorn Talk and After Buzz. Maria and Kevin do such a wonderful job for us, for our careers, that anything donated in the chat goes directly to them. So we always encourage and thank and appreciate you yes. for that. Uh, so the Action Guys summarize. What it is is we summarize the film in one minute, 10 seconds each, and we go back and forth and back and forth. So wow. no matter what I say, you just got to pick it up and go. But okay. I'll let you start. Because it's the starting is the easiest. One part. minute, ten seconds each. So you get ten seconds, and she's gonna and she's gonna play a buzzer, and then I'm gonna go for ten seconds, we and then su- we're just gonna go back and forth every time the buzzer. And goes we're just off. summarizing the film, and we're just gonna pick up where the other one left off. Okay. <laughs> I love that I okay. tell her about this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I sent her like a three page outline for everything else, but not this part. Yes. Okay. Let's okay, see where ready? my improv class one goes. Oh, good. I love it. I love it. One on one. J Lo, you ready? I'm ready, guys. I'm going to take okay. those, yes. All right, Steph. Three, two, one. This is a story about an unlikely hero. Mm. You got you got oh! five more seconds. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's okay. I'll okay. take over. Thank so, you. Yeah, so this unlikely hero, it opens with him on a freeway and in what looks like he's drawing on a, on a sign. And then he drops into a car and it turns into this crazy, badass fight. But we don't really know what he's fighting about. And he ends up killing a bunch of people, and we don't know who the villain is at this point. And it ends where there is a, it looks like a samurai sword dug into someone's. Yes, the samurai sword goes through someone's, I believe it's shoulder is what it is, and he's stuck to the ground. But at this moment, Colossus and Negasonic, teenage Negasonic Warhead, whatever mm-hmm. her name is. Megasonic. Come out, of, <laughs> come out of nowhere, and they're like, hey, Deadpool, uh, you can't do this. you got to be a better guy. And then we start to learn about who Deadpool is in the history. So we've only got ten more seconds to wrap up the whole movie. And then we have a really crazy romance that gets played into it, and we're like, why aren't they together? And we figure out his backstory, and it's all intertwined into this great narrative. With <laughs> the bad guy who he ends up shooting in the head at the end the end oh my god <laughs> it's good it's real i screwed good. up the beginning it's okay last week that we was did, so fun it's fun right yeah last week we did a two minute one for endgame and halfway through i forgot what happened Are and you... i just stopped talking for 10 seconds <laughs> i i couldn't fake it i couldn't think of anything so uh, i think you passed with flying colors oh my god <laughs> well you went up after i was like oh shit that's what he meant <laughs> this is the the story of an unlikely hero <laughs> I was like, I thought we were just telling a story. Let me be dramatic, Andrew. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank I you. love it. It was very well set up. <laughs> uh, so that is the Action Guys Summarize. The chat thinks it was perfect. They they loved it. Oh, great, great. Uh, Thank you, guys. 
All right, so we're going to get into the next segment of the show. This is our thesis statement. This is your biggest, boldest thought about the film. If you were at a Deadpool party and you got to say one thing all night, this would be what you would say. You would say it, you'd drop the mic, and you'd peace out. Maybe grab a uh, like a Schlitz on the way yeah. out. I don't even know. What is Deadpool? He doesn't drink. Oh, no, he drinks. Doesn't he drink whiskey? Oh, it's a blowjob. Oh, no, he gets that for someone <laughs> the else. The blowjob shot. All right, I'm bad at this. Okay, so would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? You go first. You set the tone for me. Okay. Because I know it. what I'm saying. I just want to feel you the energy. You want to feel the Okay, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so my thesis statement is that this is the most important film in Ryan Reynolds' career. And not only was it the most important film for him to execute at the level that he did, he's also the only person in the whole world that I think could have played Deadpool the way that he did. Just drop that mic. Yes. Yeah? Agreed. Totally? Hell yes. No one. Yeah. No one. It, it it reminds me of the Tony Stark kind of comparison where it's like, that's the character. Yeah. And like maybe back when, before you saw the movie, you could have thought someone that could have maybe played the part, but... Reynolds just kills it. And the reason I say it's the most important movie in his career is, you know, Van Wilder, I think, was the first one that kind of put him on the map. And you were like, okay, this guy is, he's good looking and he's funny. He's actually very funny. His comic timing is great. And then Waiting happened. And I I love Waiting. I think it's one of my favorite roles that he's ever done than Just Friends. And he did all these roles that kind of made us like him. But he was still a heartthrob. And so he he kind of goes down this wrong, or not wrong or bad path. You do what you do in Hollywood is you take roles that are given to you, and he does things like Green Lantern, and, and he kind of just falls <laughs> off the face of the yeah. earth. Um, so this was the moment where if Deadpool came out and it was not a home run, I don't think Ryan Reynolds would have been in Hollywood ever again. I think he would have just been done. He would have been Blake Lively's cool husband. They would have been done there because their Twitter feuds that they have with one another and, and his appearances talking about her are amazing. He's like, their romance is goals yeah but as an actor i think he would have just been forgotten about that's so true and i feel like he matches the confidence outside that his character does where only ryan reynolds could pull off like the x-gene manifesting like that yeah and be and still have confidence and still talk shit to everyone and i feel like he take carries that same energy every day in his life totally and like the fact that this movie came out three years ago and like him and hugh jackman still have their little feud going (laughs) on is just like this guy's just the coolest he just seems like he's hilarious and awesome like i want to hang out with ryan reynolds a hundred percent and i'm really happy for him so uh that is my thesis great one okay this is my thesis all right there is no better mixture of romance and violence in film history totally i I could not agree more because the violence and the romance in this are both like they're heavy-handed like extremely heavy-handed but there's this incredible balance between the two yeah it's so extreme yeah the violence is so in your face which is usually not what i like and and so you see every little thing, which I like that there wasn't that much CGI in terms yeah. of how scenes played played out. And then the romance, like uh, like we're going to talk about unlikely romances. It's like how I started thinking, am I going to like this couple? And I ended up being like, this is one of my favorite couples on screen ever, right. period. The most beautiful romantic scenes ever. And it's done in like uh, maybe eight minutes of screen time or something like that. It's oh, like the yeah. montage yes. and and by the by the moment that they meet in the bar and they have the very first like you had a house like you had blankets <laughs> you had food like all that I love that little game that they do and then they bring it back <clears throat> at the end oh, it's just I like, such good writing I like teared up when when they bring it back at the end because it's so ridiculous the line that you actually tear up on but it's so I'm, good I'm like that too I'm like that's the line that got me right. <laughs> so true what do you think it is about the violence that is it because the comedy is so well mixed with it or or cut between it like why do you think the the violence is so much more palatable even though it is you know heads getting cut off people splattering against like street signs like what is why i think it's a mixture of sometimes when we see violent action scenes we don't really have connections to the characters and it's like we know this character and to know the acts he's doing and not feel 
disgusted by him kind of you feel this revenge with him so there's emotion behind it and then also the way it was written the way it was filmed um it was just perfect the sound mixing yeah. i was like oh my god my ears when the slices happen <laughs> oh, yeah yeah i love i love that opening scene and we'll talk about that a little bit more so guys those are our thesis statements let's see if we have any good ones in the chat here the chat is always it's always popping. Uh, in the comic book, Deadpool compares himself to Ryan Reynolds and Sharpay. This movie makes everything you think of a comic book movie and gives it to the finger. Okay. All right. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman friendship feud is the best thing that came out of this movie. I like that. I like that, Paul. That's a <laughs> that very good, a good one. one. <laughs> I do live for that. I I mean, you, you don't know this about us, but Ben and I have the biggest man crushes on Hugh Jackman. No way. Out of this world. Like, we... <laughs> love him uh ryan reynolds is a guaranteed built-in promotional campaign for any movie i like that uh one that or something that someone asked in the chat was do you think we would have gotten logan at an r rating had this movie not been so successful mm. probably I, not i don't think so i think because obviously they're two very different r-rated films but i think the success of this movie showed them and logan that they were going to make money which is at the end of the day what studios care about yeah I don't think we would have gotten Logan without the massive success of this movie. I think we would have gotten maybe a PG-13 version or maybe Logan like a few years later. And that was the only reason why Logan was as good as it was. Because I haven't been a massive X-Men franchise person. Yeah. And just superhero movies in general, we... They're hard to make really deep and real, and this is the first one to be like, this is us. Like, we're adults who right. are heroes, and we murder people and kill people and try to do the best thing at the end of the day. But it's so much better to see it real. Yes. I want to hear the cussing. Obviously, you're cussing. You guys are dying out right. there. You're killing people, <laughs> yeah. and you got to save the world. Yeah, I agree. There's something about that R rating that makes both of those movies so much more grounded in reality mm -hmm. or based in reality or else it just becomes cheesy which it can so easily it's the same thing with game of like game of thrones if it mm -hmm. wasn't that basically x-rated it'd be so cheesy right you think you're at that castle and dungeons place in anaheim yeah medieval times <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i still have not watched more than three episodes of that show and i know that i need to and i know it's Andrew. like an r-rated lord of the rings which i love lord yes. of the rings i know i just i'm fail i'm a failure i know we have the same nerd level you I would know. love it and I, I feel like i'm so far behind i can't catch up but you will yeah yeah i can do will. it yeah okay. you definitely can't I'm glad you have faith in me. <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay, guys. So moving on to the next part of the show. This is the your fist pump moment. This is where something happens in the movie and you look around and you're like, holy shit, are you seeing this? You want, you want to like, all right, hold on. Hey, Steph, what are you doing? What are you doing? What? You're at a, you're, you're a funeral? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I need you to go to YouTube and I need you to go to Deadpool right now. Three minutes. Yeah, like that's the thing. It's the thing in the movie where you're watching it and you're like, oh, my God. I get to watch the rest of this movie. What is your fist pump moment? Oh, my God. This is a hard question because when it, you asked me this, I felt this way throughout because yeah. it broke so many barriers. I will have to say, though, it's that intro scene. Yes. It just, I was like, what? We're doing this? Okay, we're doing this. This is so different, so unique, seeing a different perspective of someone in a super suit that you've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, it's... It's kind of similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. When that opening happens, you're like, oh, that's what kind of movie this is going to be. It's going to be fun and funny and kind of badass. The opening of Deadpool, you are completely where you need to be by like, what, 30 seconds, one minute in the movie, and you stay there for the rest of it. 100%. Yeah. So it, it's hard because so many moments were different and unique. And I was like, are you guys seeing this? Like kind of what you were saying. Right. But that was where I was just sold. I'm like, they can mess up a bunch of times and I'd still be into it from the intro. Well, and also because we didn't really know what to expect, right? Like the trailers looked like one thing. They looked interesting, but you always know how trailers can be. They can make a bad movie look great or vice versa. So when you see that opening sequence, you're like, oh no, this is, holy shit, this is exactly what they sold me on. And mm -hmm. I get to watch the rest of this movie. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, because when we it first came out, it came out on Valentine's Day. Right. And I was like, what is this? What's this gonna be? And it's it was the biggest pleasant surprise, I think, for many of us watching. Yeah, I... I didn't have a Valentine last year, I don't think. So I don't think I went to the movies, but... <laughs> it's not usually a movie day. Yeah, yeah. But it broke it broke a lot of records, didn't it, for its respective place? Yeah, especially for an R-rated comic book movie. I 
I'm trying to remember exactly what my fist pump was because, like you said, there's so many throughout the opening. So I wrote the opening car flip to the da- decapitation to the sign splat when the dude hits the sign like that oh, is one oh. of my because f- I was like, oh my yeah. god, here we go. <laughs> like, this, is, this is the show. This is the movie we're watching. Um, but I think my actually my my fist pump is the love montage. Oh, it really yeah. is because I wrote it's the most perfectly trashy love montage ever made. Ever. It's so endearing, and it starts with, like, you know, the weird, what is that even called? Undercutting, not compliments, but oh, like my life is worse than yeah, yours. But you're, yeah, self-deprecation. Yes, the, the self-deprecating comp, uh, competition, and then into the having sex in different costumes on every holiday. By the end of it, you love them yeah. so much. And I also love when, when movies do exposition like that so intelligently. It, it took them two or three minutes. It was probably super fun to film. And they didn't waste our time with, like, watching two people fall in love. Because we know what those numbers usually are in a movie. And I just thought that was so well done. And I love her. I love oh Marina Becker. Oh, my Beckerin. God. I would marry... I would go down on one knee, give her a ring pop, too. Because yeah. she's wonderful. <laughs> she is wonderful. My God. I lo- their Their chemistry was insane. Yeah. I don't get how actors do it because obviously he's madly in love with his wife. Yeah. But I'm like, how do you? And she has a husband too. Um, oh, yeah. from Gotham, the main, I forget his name. He's also in the OC. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it's it's so crazy how you oh. can hop on screen and just be like, you guys have known each other your entire life. Right? You can't tell me otherwise. And I completely believe it. I completely believe you're in love. All of that. Um. See other people's fist pump moments. They got the the is wham just the band in general. I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> conversation while oh Bondu is in the trunk. I love his relationship with his driver Ranjit. What is his name? I don't. I should. I don't Something know. Like I should that. know that because he's awesome. Uh, Stanley is the strip club DJ. Oh I love yes, that. that's one of his, my favorite of his appearances. <laughs> really, it was such a good one. Oh, the third the fist pump is the third guy taking the bullet off of his forehead. I do love that moment. Oh god, that one was that one was hard for me, but I'm like, why do I like this? I usually hate this kind of stuff. Right. Uh Brett Jones, fist pump was the opening credits, just like you. I love it. Okay. Um let's get into star profiles. Let's talk about a little bit about who these people were when this movie got cast. And we'll start with Ed Skeeran. Skeeran? Screen? Screen? Skeeran. <laughs> Screen, screen, screen. Uh, Tiger House in 2015, Kill Your Friends in 2015, and The Transporter Refueled in 2015. So he was a B-list at best, mm-hmm. like action star, like trying to make it. And honestly, I didn't know that this was the movie, but this is the movie that that put him on the map. I mean, imagine being in the what, like fourth Transporter uh, installment, and then going and doing a Marvel movie, doing a movie like of this level and being the bad guy. Yeah. Totally crazy. Yeah. I, like I said, I think he's a little pigeonholed with looking like a bad guy and maybe being too much of a pretty boy. Like you were saying, maybe that's why he hasn't been in more things since, uh, Deadpool. But like I said, I hope I see more of him. Yeah. Cause oftentimes in action movies, if this is what he wants to do is just action movies. The villains are, like mangled and right. burly and and not often him. So it can work in a film like this, but I can see how maybe that didn't work in the past, like getting casted for things. Yeah, and that's that is interesting because they they play it they talk about it in this movie. And in Alita they talk about it as well. That's like part of his his thing is because they're all like half human, half robot, mm-hmm. and he's like a very pretty pretty boy and so he, that's like a big part of his character um Marina Baccarin also was uh, she was like a big um a tv actress and she yeah. was actually on the Gotham tv series with her husband which mm-hmm. I think is really cool I didn't know that uh so she did V Homeland the Mentalist the Flash and then in 2009 she was in a movie called Stolen 2014 she did a movie called Back in the Day and in 2015 she was in Spy with Statham and Melissa McCarthy which I adore that movie. I love Spy. I'm so glad you. I was like, "Where are you going with this? Please don't tarnish the." We (laughs) love that movie. Spy is so good. The 
the comic timing between <laughs> Melissa McCarthy and and Jason Statham is not just not possible. Like it's I love them. Me too. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, me we, too. Maybe we'll do. You know what? Ben loves this movie too. We'll have to bring you back on the show, and we'll we'll do Spy. It yeah. needs to happen. A hundred percent. It's every age range loves this movie. Yes. And if you don't, I I don't know what you're missing. Something wrong. With yeah, you. something's Something wrong. wrong with you. We don't want to call it out. <laughs> but uh, it is interesting that she did. I didn't think about this. Flash and Gotham, which are DC. Yeah. And then <clears throat> and then she comes in yeah. as the the love interest in a, in a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Lastly, we have Reynolds, and you can see by this very interesting 2015 Mississippi Grind, Woman in Gold, and Selfless. All in 2015. I know nothing about any of them. Same. I've heard of Selfless, but I, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. So that's again that just kind of speaks to the point that if Reynolds did not knock this out of the park, yeah. who knows what would have happened with him in his career? Because did the Sandra Bullock movie with him come out after this? Which I one was that? The one <clears throat> where she's like this type A. Oh, boss. the proposal. Yeah. No, that was like back in 2000, I think oh, like in like 2009. Year, okay, yeah. So that was my favorite of his movies, like and, you were saying. And I like I yeah. liked that version of Reynolds. It was just when he tried to not be a heartthrob, not do yeah, the comedy thing. Green and, Lantern. Yeah. <sighs> that honestly was just mainly the thing. It was Ugh. just Green Lantern that it, kind of buried him. Yeah. And God, that movie's real bad. We were real bad. <laughs> uh, so talking a little bit about how this movie got made, Ryan Reynolds was a huge part an integral part of this being made so in 2004 uh before he went on to play deadpool in x-men origins wolverine when they had his mouth sewn shut which was the worst thing that you could do to this character um what a travesty right like how could you because i knew nothing about deadpool then but now knowing what i do know about deadpool seeing that they thought he should have his mouth shut makes no sense at all no sense he's already destroyed physically yeah we don't need like his whole point is talking that's all he has <laughs> is that his mouth exactly so that was absolutely I don't absurd think anyone will ever get over that no and and reynolds himself he's a diehard he, i mean he's the guy that that reese and warnick the guys that wrote this movie or this the screenplay would go and they would they would talk to reynolds about like does this work does this not work or he'd be reading it and be like no sorry this is not something deadpool would say and and as you can see, like he embodies Deadpool completely, so they trusted him with that. So uh, they worked with Reynolds. Uh, let's see, Reese and Wernick were hired in 2010 to work on a spinoff. They worked with Reynolds to adapt the character more faithfully, including the fourth wall breaking, which was a big, big part. Did you do you like that? Love, love it, love. It can easily be done wrong, but it's so in his character. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of like other movies that it's been done well in. The only one that pops in my mind is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and, and he does it like a couple big times. short. Oh, okay. Does, I like that. Yeah, the big short. Mm-hmm. That's actually really. Really good Vice point. does it right? I didn't see Vice. Oh yeah, it's. Cr- I think he does. I don't know. I was creeped out the entire time. But Big Short, I love. Yeah, it can be a great storyteller. It's such a great, great tool when used correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Reynolds kills it. So uh, after the portrayal in Wolverine was criticized, we all know that uh, because he didn't break the fourth wall and he didn't have a mouth. Uh, so Miller was brought on in 2011 to be the director. And the casting started in 2015, and filming began in Canada, which is makes sense because he's Canadian. Um, so part of, I think, what I love about this movie, and maybe a little bit of what you were talking about with the intro, is that Tim Miller and the, and the uh, cinematographer Ken Sang wanted the film to look a lot grittier and more realistic, and not as polished and superhero-y, which I think gives it, again, that feeling of it being based in reality. They shot on digital instead of these like massive cameras. Um, I think that gives the movie like texture and, and like honestly just stakes reality. Yeah. You know, I think it was really important for that. Lastly, Reynolds here said that he would come up with like 15 alternate jokes for almost every single line on set. No, it way. was just him improvising like a madman on set. Every single line they would take like 10, 12 takes, whatever, and just be like, oh, yeah, this one's better than the last one. Or this one's worse than the last one. We'll stick with this. So he is, uh, He's he's that makes complete sense. It because Melissa McCarthy, speaking of her, does the same thing, and I think it gives the best outcome for characters like this because it's not supposed to be planned out, it's supposed to be like, What the heck did you just say? I don't know what you said, but I loved it so much, it was so right. perfect. I heard you haven't seen Pikachu yet, have you? No, I am so <clears throat> excited. 
I heard there's like an R-rated uncut version that's like two hours of him. Just like all the lines they didn't use. Please. I, w- I need it. Release. I need it so badly in <laughs> my life. Release the footage. Oh, God. So, <laughs> Rhett Reese and Paul Warnick are the two writers. They would write a draft of the script every single year and turn it into Reynolds, essentially. And he would be like the gatekeeper of Deadpool and be like, no, this works great. and this doesn't work. And we would do this and we would change this. And they were... Totally in, it says right here, if we ever do something that is off the Deadpool path or it doesn't feel like Deadpool, he catches it and we fix it, Um, which I really love. And the writers didn't want it to be an origin story, but Reynolds disagreed. So again, you can just see how much of a hand he had in making this movie. He wanted to have an origin story, but he also wanted to be modern, which is why they, and I'm so happy that you talked about the intro scene that was kind of the way of making that scene was kind of the the golden piece in making this movie because they wanted to have an origin story but they also wanted to have all this action and they didn't know how to have all of it in there with the budget they had and the timing that they wanted to make the movie so that's why they started off with this kick-ass action scene and then halfway through it they give you the whole backstory on deadpool the whole origin story and then you're right back in it right in the present caught up in the same place that he is because it's not like he's telling the rest of the story we're now on the ride with him that's amazing because i was thinking and i think every time i watch it this is perhaps the best like written origin story in terms of timing because Mm -hmm. no one's done it like this they go from start to finish and they had callbacks and everything where it made sense. Yeah. And oftentimes you get confused when you try to jump timelines, but this was perfect. And you keep talking about these callbacks, which is such a, a, a testament to the fact that that little bit of time that they do the exposition, you care about so much. Because yeah. all those little callbacks they bring back later on are injected right there, which means you have to be paying the utmost attention in that in that part. Um, so let's talk a little bit about these, these romances, since that is what the exposition all is, is... Is the romance between him and oh my god, what is her name in the movie? Oh my, oh my gosh! Now this you're like happens. shocking I'm me. Like, uh, uh, no, we have to know her yeah. name. Yeah, let's. Oh my gosh, this yeah, is... this is it. Okay, so guys, while she's figuring that out and saving our butts, I am going to introduce the next section, which is just our top three untraditional romances. These can be they can be from a horror movie, they can be a stalker movie, whatever. They could just be non-traditional. It could just be something that you look at and you're like, ah, that doesn't really seem normal it could be love actually and how andrew lincoln's in love with his best friend's fiance it could be something like that it's not one of mine but could be one of yours (laughs) i will hop in first okay with true romance it's I, i don't know how well you know this movie but christian slater and patricia arquette we covered it on this show and the the reason that i picked this specifically is what's her name Vanessa. Vanessa. Oh, God, I feel like we knew that. Yeah. We knew that. I know. <laughs> I don't know why. We're better. Look at the chat. Look at the chat. It's just all... Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa. I will never forget you, Vanessa. Uh, I she. I love her. We we had too much Ryan Deadpool. Yeah. Excuse, we got to cut the show. We got to start over. Excuse us. <laughs> excuse us. Okay. Oh, I love it. Paul, Paul Denuso chimes in first with Will Ferrell and Ava Mendez and the other guys, which I love. He, he, I, have you not seen the other guys? No. Oh, my God. You have to go oh my and watch God, I'm the writing other guys. this down. It is so amazing. Okay. Okay. Good call, then. Yeah, I, 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 like, want to start saying jokes from it, but you just need to, you just need to watch it. So, uh... My very first one that I'm going to hop in with was True Romance. And what I was going to say is that the the moment that I love in that movie is he goes and kills Gary Oldman, who's like this Rastafarian drug dealer with dreads. It's amazing. And I think he's like her old pimp, uh, Patricia Arquette's. And he goes and he like he like tries to free Patricia Arquette or like buy him off of her uh buy him off of Gary Oldman or something and it ends up with him killing him and he comes home and he's all bloody and fucked up and she's like what happened he's like I killed him and then he like tells her everything and you see her face and she's like that's so romantic and she like hugs him and starts kissing him and you're just like oh my god I love you two people that is the first movie that popped in my head so that uh, was such a good reenactment it's such a good moment it's so wonderful so that's that's the first one I got what do you got okay uh Austin Powers and Felicity Shagwell (laughs) 
I say this because it's just another testament to Austin Powers' mojo because yep. she meets him and she's like, you're gross. Because on the outside, he is disgusting. he's gross. <laughs> Let's be honest. But once he gets talking, he, he's irresistible to every woman. And he it's is. that mojo, baby. It's that mojo. And he gets Austin Powers in the movie when she sleeps with Fat Bastard. Yeah. And he's got to come back and 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 put the faith back in her because he did the same thing. And I love the Austin Powers movies. I I know them back to front. Me <laughs> too. I'm dying. I need to be on this show more. We you got, guys, we'll have to cover those as well. I honestly, we I can't believe we haven't covered Austin Powers. They just either. got on Netflix. Two of them, really? Because mm-hmm. these these were staples of my childhood. Me too. It, it shaped the way I think of comedy. I thought you were going to say what you think of men. I was like, oh God. <laughs> that too. <laughs> uh, okay, so my next one on my list is, let's see, I use the true romance. This is how bad my short-term memory is. <laughs> uh, the th- second one I have is Gone Girl. So, have you seen Gone Girl? Yes, yeah. of course. It's so gnarly, and it's not a love by any means, mm-hmm. but it's at the very end of it, when she gives him that look and is just like, you're stuck with me. Oh my you're my husband for the rest of my life or in your life. And like you get chills and chills. you feel <laughs> sick to your stomach. And God, Rosamund Pike is so evil. Oh, and you can even think, talk about Neil Patrick Harris and his love for her and what happens yeah. to him. Like, oh, my God. That movie is so good and so horrible. It is so horribly disgusting what she does is it, i i love that movie oh so that God. is my second non-traditional love story uh okay so these are kind of hard for me to tell but i'm gonna go back to my tween years okay <laughs> twilight excited. yeah <laughs> so i looked up a list of super effed up romances and that was like one of the top three you gotta break it down for me because I am not good at this. This is why <laughs> it's messed up because when we're young and impressionable, we read the books, we saw the movies, and we're mm-hmm. like, this is love. I need Edward Cullen in my life. Like, this is exactly what I need. This is, this is like true romance. Right. And you get older and you're like, he watched her sleep. Without her consent, <laughs> he um, would like literally randomly turn it into or put her in situations with ravenous vampires who aren't vegetarian right. as him. Right. And the entire family didn't know that she was going to turn into a vampire and leave everyone behind. So it was, it was extremely abusive it's and like whole, controlling. And controlling. Yeah. <laughs> but we were like, yes, that's why Do we. That to all- me. <laughs> I need that. So we were oh, all screwed up. That is so because I saw it on the list and I and I did I didn't put it on because I I don't know the movies well enough. But that is that's Creepy. fucked up right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some other ones that people have mentioned is Shape of Water, oh, uh, yeah. Silver Linings Playbook, Cameron Diaz and Jim Carrey in The Mask. Oh, Silver Linings Playbook's a good one. That is a good one. Oh, Ava Green and Daniel Craig in Casino Royale is a great one because she betrays him. Oh, my God. That movie drives me insane. Doesn't it make you crazy? Oh, my. You guys are horrible. I love. And awesome. I love when he... When she, like, defibrillates him and brings him back to life. And he's like, are you okay? (laughs) This is first line. God, I love James Bond. Um, So my third one, my favorite one, is Lloyd Christmas and Mary Swanson from Dumb and Dumber. Sammy Swami Swanson. Samsonite. I was way off. Uh, He's obsessed with a lady that he gave a ride to to the airport. He runs in there and takes her bag that she leaves to get her poor kidnapped husband back. He steals it. He travels across the country, stalks her to find out where she lives. Oh, my God. And then proceeds to ruin her life and get in a shootout. So that's his love. Oh, my God. (laughs) That is wild. But one just popped Love into it. my head, too. From what? Casino Royale, I was thinking of cas- also Casino oh, with okay. um, Robert De Niro. I forget, though, um, his wife's name. She was amazing, but they you were... talking about Ray Liotta's wife when she... Or De Niro's wife. De Niro's wife. Okay. Yeah, I believe. I hope I'm not butchering this, but they they are in a relationship together. They love each other so much. She starts coming up in the casino business, turned mob business. She is a coke addict to the core, turns wild and crazy on him. They turn wild and crazy on each other. It's just horrible, but you can't get your eyes off of it. Right, right. I think that's... Is that not casino? casino? I think that... I don't know. 
Please correct me if I'm wrong because I already forgot Vanessa's name. I know. Well, I also forgot <laughs> Vanessa's name. Guys, if that's not Casino, what movie is that? With Robert De Niro. Yeah. What is that? One another of one. his like highest rated movies. Yeah. Another one that I love from De Niro is King of Comedy. Sharon Stone. It, maybe it is. Maybe it is just that movie. Someone said Sharon Stone. But yeah, King Sharon Comedy Stone, is where he's obsessed with. Sharon Stone is Casino, the worst humans ever. Yeah. Okay. Okay. okay, okay good, it is. Good, All right. Good, good, good. Because I was thinking of the moment at the end when, it, when it's like Ray Liotta's wife. Or no, that's Goodfellas. See, now, now I'm all over the place. The Robert De Niro movies <laughs> are similar, so I was, but I was more worried about myself. I'm like, two strikes, I might never no, come back. No, no, you, <laughs> I strike out a lot every week. Um, all right, guys, so those are our top three untraditional romances. Um, I love them. I love all of them. There's so many good ones here in the chat. We cannot get to all of them, though. So let's talk critical and box office, because this, as you said, was massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fox produced this movie. It only cost $58 million to make, which is incredible for it being a superhero movie. I don't understand. And and again, it makes sense why they had to do what they did with that opening sequence and the action so that they could really turn it up to 11 and then have that happen throughout the film. So uh, it was released February 12th, 2016. It grossed $363 million domestically and 420 foreign for a grand total of $783 million for a $58 million movie starring Ryan Reynolds, the superhero flop. That, that he was. no one knew. That no one knew. No one knows who Deadpool is. No. They saw him. They've heard of him. Like, But no one actually really knew who he was. Just like the Guardians, you know? No one really knew their story. And like, holy shit, did they just kill it. It's got an 8.0 on IMDb and 84% on the tomato meter and a 90% by the audience. Um, this is the one where the audience is completely right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, 84% from top critics. I get it. I understand this movie's probably not for everyone. Could be a little too gory or raunchy, whatever you want to call it. But amazing. Amazing scores all the way across the board. So that leaves us with our favorite line. Do you have a favorite line, Steph? Ooh, let me see what I wrote down. I'll, I'll, I'll start with mine. Yeah, you Because it is <clears throat> during that opening sequence. It's like, you're probably thinking... My boyfriend said this is a superhero movie, but that guy in the suit just turned that other guy into a fucking kebab. <laughs> oh my well, god! I may be super, but I'm no hero. And yeah, technically, this is a murder. But some of the best stories start. With, but some of the best love stories start with a murder, and that's exactly what this is—a love story. And to tell it, and to tell it right, I got to take you back long before I squeeze this this ass into red spandex. That when I when he delivered that, it was just perfect. It's, it's so, so good. And I love it. He's like, <laughs> and yeah, technically. This is a murder. I, like, <laughs> died laughing. It's so good. That was definitely one of mine listed. Oh, it is such a good one. There's so many. All right, so what else you got? Okay. Looks are looks are everything. Ever heard Dave Beckham speak? <laughs> it's like he mouth sex a can of helium. You think Ryan Reynolds got this far on a superior acting method? <laughs> mouth sex the can of helium is one of my favorite things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. I also got um, what's a nice place like you doing in a girl like this? I love that. Yes, that's his opening line to her. It was. Um, Oh, that was such a good one. I didn't write that one down, but it's so romantic and like (laughs) it's so them in one line. Yes. Oh my god. Do you have other ones? I have so many. Yeah, I I do. I did. I this one's more on the delivery. I didn't just get the cure to L cancer. I got the cure to L everything. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, oh my god, when he punches Colossus in the in the groin, oh yeah, he's like, oh, your poor wife <laughs> died again. So good, so good. Um, sorry, I use humor to deflect my insecurities. Plus, I'm hilarious, so don't hate. <laughs> just such good yep, comebacks. Yep, love it. Oh, and then her, so his line to her is, so you live in a house at the very end. Oh, it's so good. And then she goes, after a brief adjustment period and a bunch of drinks, it's a face I'd be happy to sit on. I was like, oh. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) See, every line was written so well. Because it's like, it is so romantic, but so raunchy. Right. But it's like, his face is fucked like we're like let's just be honest right he's horrifyingly terrible looking 
Yes. That is why the line is so sweet. Because, like, I can't even, like, again, like, he's walking down the street. Everyone's just staring at him. Oh, yeah. God, he's so ugly. Look like, at his face. Like, what? Perfect Oh, writing. my God. Such a good one. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything else? Let's or you wanna... see. I don't remember it exactly, but when he's leaving the house and then he was like, I, I hid 10 kilos of cocaine and the gear for blindness. <laughs> Like you assholes! The cure for blindness. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the last one I have here is actually there's two. There's I've never said this, but don't swallow. A little raunchy. Oh yes. Uh, the last one though is I will shoot your fucking cat. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm not. I'm not sure what that means. I don't have a cat. <laughs> I just it's so stupid. There's one more that was just like a great setup line, and you knew things were like gonna get fucked from here when he's like here's the thing life is an endless series of train wrecks with only brief commercial commercial like breaks of happiness this had been the ultimate commercial break which meant it was time to return to our ugly regularly scheduled programming and i love and he's like what he just passes out and i i just again i love it it's so just real and to the Mm -hmm. point I'm so Every glad emotion. you brought that line up. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. So AMA question. As I mentioned earlier, we hold a contest every Saturday on our Instagram at Action Industries. And Dem Crispy Nuggets, or Mars, was the winner this last week. And he <laughs> said, and this is kind of fun. He took, a, he took a little different turn on it. So he said, um, first, could Deadpool take on slash beat Thanos in a one-on-one fight? And secondly, could he have survived snapping his finger while wearing the Infinity Gauntlet? Well, as you know, whatever we say here is fact from here on out. So pay very close attention. Could Deadpool take on slash beat Thanos? What do you think? I think he could take on. I don't think he could beat him. I think Thanos would have left before he beat him, but he wouldn't have died. Totally. I I agree. Like Thanos would probably get annoyed with him talking and like completely destroy him, but maybe not kill him. I, I think there's no way in hell Deadpool takes on Thanos no. one. Like we no. saw what he could do. Yeah, he's like on the ground battle. Thanos is like, I've thought this out for years. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like this has been coming. This is your destiny. Yeah. Uh, so we're in agreement on that. But could he have survived snapping his fingers while wearing the Infinity Gauntlet? I think he could have because he's uh, yeah. his whole thing is regeneration. Yeah, and he can cut off his arm and it'll grow back. Yeah, so. I think so too. Because yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Without <laughs> giving too many... Yeah. I, I guess we don't want to have too many endgame spoilers, even though we covered it last week. That's yeah, a, That's you a did. good call. It's a very good call. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll both say yes. I think so. Good question. Yeah, those are great questions. <laughs> Thank you so much for asking that. Uh, I wish... Mars. We'll just call him Mars. So, Steph, there are three action movie categories. Totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. So totally legitimate movies are movies like Braveheart or Gladiator or Deepwater Horizon where it's just like very real, very based in reality. There's never any moments that you're kind of like, huh, or that make you kind of like laugh at the film unintentionally. It's just very, very tried and true. Shawshank Redemption, you know. There's totally ridiculous movies like Demolition Man, Speed, you know, movies that are are awesome and fun and we love to watch them, but you definitely catch yourself laughing throughout a couple times, like maybe because it's stupid or silly or it doesn't quite land the way that the filmmakers wanted. And lastly, there's Ridiculously Legitimate, which is the middle category. Those are movies like Point Break. Actually, Speed is in the middle category. Movies that like uh, The Rock. So those are movies that they might have moments where you kind of laugh unintentionally, but it's really based off of a really strong performance or the script is really good, the acting, whatever it is, it feels mostly like you're completely all in on the film. And if you do laugh, it's kind of like, oh, this is good. I needed I needed to laugh. What do you think about Deadpool? Knowing those definitions, mm-hmm. it has to be totally ridiculous. Okay. But I do also want to say it might be totally ridiculously real because... <laughs> Even though his character is ridiculous, Mm -hmm. what they do is bring so much humanity to him and his relationship that it becomes real. Like, there has to be so many couples that resonate with that sort of relationship. Yeah. And so I'm going to have to say ridiculously real. The ridiculous, the middle category. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Okay. A hundred percent. I think that this movie is not completely or totally legitimate. And if it was, it wouldn't succeed. That's like Logan. Like Logan is this version that is totally legitimate. Yeah. This ridiculously legitimate version is like this fun, crazy superhero. You're laughing throughout intentionally, but 
you're in their world. You need to be in their world, and it needs to feel a little ridiculous, mm-hmm. a little fantastical. So I completely agree. It looks like the whole chat completely agrees. Good. Although Dark Side Saint says it's totally ridiculous. I'd love to know. I'd love to know why, Dark Side. Why do you think this movie is totally ridiculous? I could see. It's because it's. It is. There are so many jokes. Like the joke to action ratio is about fifty fifty. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so that being said, there is only one thing left on the show, and that is called the pitch. <laughs> the pitch. It's really weird when you when we do it by ourselves. We never tell our guests, and Ben and I have like this thing that we do. We always just like to see your guys' reaction. The pitch. Weird, the, the pitch. Ra- like, and then I growl. I oh started growling for some reason. I need to know what this means. I, we don't know. And he just makes weird sounds now. We both go the pitch, and then we make our respective weird sounds. And then what happens? Oh, and then we tell him the movie we're going to cover next week. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually a reason. We don't just say it and then make a sound. We're like, okay, bye. Uh <laughs> Even tell the me, chat tell knows. me, tell me. Uh, so, guys, next week we are going to be covering Sherlock Holmes. Ooh. We were going to be doing Lord of the Rings, but we had to push it because we're going to be doing a watch-along where the fans can watch with us at home. You can learn more about that on our Patreon. But we'll be doing Sherlock Holmes next week on the show, directed by Guy Ritchie, starring Robert Downey Jr. And it is a big, big shout-out to our general patron, John Getz, who loves this movie. He requested that we do it a while ago. And um, I'm a I'm a big fan of this movie. I love Rachel McAdams. I've I've had a crush on her since The Notebook. I mean, tell me about it. And Agreed. I love Mark Strong as the villain. Have you? Do you like Sherlock Holmes? Have you seen it? I haven't. Oh, I, have? I've seen part of it. I never because it was at the time when the streaming sites weren't as oh, good. Yeah. So I would see it like on TV, like on a FX or wherever right. it was playing. And it just I I never liked watching movies like that. I, I completely agree. Like, there's there's these movies that we call bar movies that are just always on in the background of a bar, and you look up, and you're like, oh, I saw some cool parts of that. Yeah. I, you know, I never watched the whole That's thing. That's what happened to it, and I've heard great things. It also has, um, is that the movie that also has Snape, the actor who played Snape in it? Uh, no, no, sorry. It's a different movie. I was like, <laughs> I, honestly, different I haven't scene. watched Harry it's Potter. It's like those old... I haven't watched the Harry Potter movies. I've watched one of them. I I know. I know. Okay, that has to be coming up soon. Is it? I, yes. I, don't know. I will make this the happen. The fans know how I feel about Harry Potter. I don't know why I'm just like against watching them. I've put I I only watched the first one with my niece because she said she's going to make me watch them one a year. So we started last year. Oh my god. I know. I know. I'm sorry. But we won't be covering Harry Potter. We'll be covering Sherlock Holmes maybe one day. Okay, we will cover okay. Harry Potter together. That's uh, a great one too. Before we do our our goodbyes here, um Steph, what what else do you work on here that you would like to promote that the, that the fans can um, can watch you because they really loved you in the chat. They really awesome. loved having you on the show, and I'm Yay. sure they would love to support anything and everything that you do. Well, thank you guys. I, I this this show is so cool. What you and Ben have built yeah. is so awesome. Thank you. Yes, you've turned a fan out of me for sure. Um, what I do, Cloak and Dagger. I know a lot of you probably are Marvel fans. That's mm. the freeform show. I cover that Thursdays at 9 p.m. here at After Buzz TV. Um, I. A lot of the shows that I'm doing are on hiatus. Uh, SNL is on Sunday still. We have three more episodes left, so that's exciting. And then I also produce Maria Menounos's podcast, Better Together with Maria Menounos, which you can find on iTunes, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So make sure to check that out. You'll hear my voice here and there. Yeah, please, please <laughs> go and support her Instagram and uh, Twitter. They're both the same handle. Yeah, correct? Steph Sabra. Awesome, I love it. Uh, really quick, general shout out: Andrew Hayes, Paul Denuso, Billy Belford, John Getz, and John Patterson. As always, we salute you. Love it. Thank you. Uh, Steph, thank you so much. We'll have to bring you back on real soon. Thanks for having me. This has been so fun. I know. I don't want it to end. I know. (laughs) But all good things must come to an end. Guys, thank you so much. We'll see you same time, same place next week. And I think starting in June, we're going to move to Mondays. So um, start thinking about that. Saucy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Take care, guys. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network. We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.